0: Hey, I am excited today about our special speaker today. Um, we go back over 25 years now, uh, Brother David Henry, David and Delana Henry. They were neighboring pastors when we were out uh, in West Texas in Midland. They were over in Odessa, and uh, man, we've been around the world together, literally, Been on on missions trips. We've been on vacations together, been to general council together, uh, played a lot of golf over the years. And, uh, uh, you know, um, somebody said that a true friend is someone that knows all about you and chooses to love you anyway. And uh, so Brother David has seen me at my best, and he's seen me at my worst, and uh, still loves me. You know, there's some people, and a lot of people, you know, the Bible says to rejoice with those that rejoice and weep with those who weep. What I've discovered is there's a lot of people willing to weep with you when you're weeping. But very few that are really willing to rejoice with you when you're rejoicing. And so David is one of the very few people in my life. that I know that if I have a great day, if something really good happens to me, I can call him and and I I can talk about it and he'll be genuinely glad for me. Amen. He's my buddy and he's... Uh, a friend of this uh, church as well, our district secretary treasurer as well in the North Texas District. Would you give my buddy David Henry a round of applause as he comes to minister today?
1: It's good to see you today. It's an honor to be with you today. I, how many of you love Pastor Mike and Don Benjamin? We are we are here as often as we can be, but we travel quite a bit, so we're gone uh, a lot. But I will tell you, I am I am grateful for a man of God who, when he gets up to preach, he always has something to say, and that's our pastor. Amen. I'm grateful to him for just his ability to de- deliver the word. So, if you're new here today, come back next week. Stand with me, if you would. As we as we kind of dig into Scripture this morning, we're going to look in the book of First John, chapter four, verse nine through ten, and uh, we're going to just kind of dig into the Word of God this morning. I love this portion of Scripture. I, I uh, back in my uh, pastoring days, I I preached through the book of First John and I camped out on this passage of Scripture for about two weeks. It was just it was just wonderful. All the rich truths that can be taken from these two verses so read with me if you would 1 John chapter 4 verse 9 through 10 in this the love of god was manifested or literally made known toward us in this the love of god was made known toward us that god has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him in this is love Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation or literally satisfaction for God's anger for our sins. And this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to die for us. Let's pray this morning. Father, I love you today, and I'm grateful, God, for your great blessing in our life. And Lord, I just thank you. Father, I thank you for this great gift of your son that you have given to us. Holy Spirit, thank you for revealing that truth to us. And this morning, God, I pray your anointing rest upon uh, everything that's said and done in this house this morning. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Thank you. You can be seated again. God bless you for honoring the reading of, of God's word. Um, uh, listen, I, what these kids, uh, the message of, of their songs and all of those things uh, prove to us once again that Jesus is, in fact, the reason for the season. Amen. Uh, th- that that's why we are we are he- here. He he came to manifest to make known God's truth. He came to manifest the Father. He came to expose myths about God. Jesus is the reason for the season. It's not about jingle bells, it's about Jesus. It's it's not about sin, it's about a savior. And that's why we celebrate Uh, Christmas. A a lot of times we see holiday movies and, uh, in fact, how many of you saw It's a Wonderful Life last night? For the 11th millionth time I sat through It's a Wonderful Life. A lot of times we see holiday movies and God sends an angel to tell somebody some special message. The truth is God did not send an angel. He did not send a prophet. He did not send his assistant. He did not send a representative. He came himself. To live, to die, to be resurrected the third day that we could be forgiven for our sins. So i got two points for you this morning. Number one, Jesus came to express the love of God. So here's here's the truth. We know that Jesus is the reason for the season. But there's a deeper truth that I want to point out to you this morning. Not only is Jesus the reason for the season, but you were the reason for the season. You are why Jesus came. You are why he died. You are why he rose again the third day. I am the reason for the season. He came for your benefit. We would not be celebrating Christmas at this time of year if you did not need to know what Jesus Christ came to bring. He came to help us so that we could understand him and know how much he loves him. At Christmas time, we spend so much effort trying to buy the perfect present for somebody, right? I mean, we can spend literally hours shopping, unless you're a guy. And then it's a Dollar General on Christmas Eve, looking for that last Possible gift, you know. We're but we're always looking for the perfect presence. The best expression of love is not your presence, not the gifts that you give them, but your presence. Amen. But your presence. People want to see your attention. They want to know that you love them. They want you to be there with. Them. And God didn't just send a present and say, I want you to know that I love you. He came himself to show us that he loves us. I heard about this guy once who was telling his girlfriend, baby, I'd die for you. And she said, you always say it, but you never do it. <laughs> it's one thing to say you love someone. It's another thing to show it. God did, didn't say to us that he loved us, but he, he showed us. God, God showed us how much he loves us by sending his son into the world that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love, that God sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sin. God, God loved the world so much he sent his son. And when you think about the great love songs of our culture, uh, the truth is they're not about love at all. In fact, uh, they're more about lust. They're more about self-gratification. They're, they're about, I need you. That's not love. That's, that's neediness. Uh, they're, I can't live without you. That's called codependency. Love is not about getting, love is about giving. And Jesus gave us, God so loved the world that he gave. So most folks don't understand what real love is, is about. Uh, we received a wedding invitation once, and I'm, I'm not making this up, it's true. This is what the invitation said. We're all a little weird And life is a little weird. And when we find someone whose weirdness is compatible with ours, we join up with them and fall into a mutual weirdness. That weirdness is what we call love. I give that marriage 15 months. It's not going to make it very long. Love is not about your weirdness and my weirdness and us being weird together. Love is about sacrifice. It is about giving everything. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Real love is about giving. God showed how much he loved you by sacrificing himself on the cross. That's how much God loves you. Even if you were the only person, he would have still come to earth. He wanted to express his love for you even if I were the only person, he would have still been born 2000 years ago and would have lived and he would have died even if you were the only one who needed it. He loves you that much. God's love for you. You probably I've never thought about it in this way, but actually it's four-dimensional. God's love for you. In Ephesians chapter 3, the Living Bible says this, May you be able to feel and understand how long, how wide, how deep, and how high God's love really is, and to experience this love for yourself. God God doesn't just want you to know that he loves you, he wants you to feel it, to feel love by God and to experience it. And I can assure you, once you know, once you've experienced, once you've tasted the real love of God, it will change your life. It will change everything about you. It will change how you respond to people. It will change how you treat people. It will change how you look at, how, how your outlook towards life. It will change everything there is to know about you. Well, here, first of all, God's love is long. All you have to look, do is look at divorce court today, and you can see that man's love has limits, that human love has its limits, and it's limited. But God will never stop loving you, never. God will never love you more than he does right now. He will never love you any less than he does right now. God's love is not based on how cool you are, how good or how righteous or how successful you are. God's love is based on his character, not yours. God's love is long. God's love is wide. His love is wide enough to be everywhere. That means there's no place you can go to escape the love of God. There's no way you can get away from the love of God. Psalm 139 verse 7 through 10 says, where can I go from your spirit? this is the psalmist praying this prayer. Where can I go from your spirit or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. Honestly, there may be times, in fact, in fact, there will be times in life when you feel alone, but you will never be alone. Loneliness is something we all experience. we can be in a crowd a crowded room just like today, and we can feel so lonely and when we, we and it's just it's something that's very real and it takes over each and every one of us. but let me assure you today you will never be alone feelings lie you may feel alone but you will never be alone god said that i will always be with you he said i'd never leave you nor forsake you god's love is deep it's wide it's it's a uh, it's long it's deep it can handle anything no matter no matter what hurt Or problem you give God, He can handle it. He is a big enough God to deal with whatever you have to give Him. Corey and Betsy Tinboom. I I know when we when we mention names like that, there are people in the room who go, "Oh, I know that who that is." But but there are many of you who have no idea who Corey Tinboom is. Her and her sister were a couple of Dutch young women who lived in the Netherlands. During World War II, they were Christian women who hid Jews in their homes so they wouldn't be taken to concentration camps by uh, the Nazis. In fact, there's a famous book written about their life called The Hiding Place. I recommend it to you. One day, they were discovered. And not only were the Jews uh, that they were hiding uh, taken to Auschwitz, but so were Corey and Betsy Tinboom. And they were there in that concentration camp. And one day in misery, Corey cried out, This place is the pit of hell. Betsy, her sister, said, "Corey, there is no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. You may feel like your life is in the pits right now. You may feel alone. You may feel like you're at the bottom or you've hit bottom. God is there. His love is deeper still. Not only is it deep, but God's love is high. It's high enough to overlook your faults, your sins, I don't care what you've done, regardless of of what's happened in your past. It's not so important where you've been, but the direction your feet are headed right now. He's willing to forgive you. He's willing to give you a fresh start and help you start over. His love is High. How long is God's love? It's long enough to last forever. How wide is God's love? It's wide enough to be everywhere. How deep is God's love? It's deep enough to handle any hurt that you may have. How high is His love? High enough to overlook your mistakes. Here's the question. Have you ever accepted God's multidimensional love? If you haven't, it's worthless to you. If you don't enjoy it, you don't benefit from it, it's worthless to you. God wants you to experience this love for yourself. That's why Jesus came. So you would know how much you matter to God. Jesus came to express the love of God. And Jesus came to enable a relationship with God. I want to read to you from the book of Ephesians chapter 1 verse 5. The New Living Translation says it this way. His unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. I want to read that a little slower. Emphasize a few of the phrases there. So make sure you get it. And you Make sure it gets down in your spirit. This is what God is saying to each of us today. His unchanging plan plan. It never changes. It's always the same. He, he, he doesn't vary. He doesn't turn. It's always the same. His unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. It's important that you and I understand why we are here. And we are here simply because God wanted a family, and he wants every one of us. He wants you. He wants me in it. He wanted a family, and he wants every one of us in it. If God didn't want you alive, you wouldn't have been born. You you wouldn't even be here. You, You are not an accident. Listen to me. I don't care whether your parents planned you or not. God planned you. He planned your very existence. There are no accidental babies. God planned you. God says you were made to last forever. Make no mistake about it. One day, your heart is going to stop, but that's not going to be the end of you. You're going to go on forever and forever. You're going to spend far more on that side of death than this side. You get 60, 70, maybe 80 years here on this planet. But we're going to spend trillions and trillions and trillions of years on the other side. God wants to make sure you're there with him. He, he wants to make sure you're in the family and there with him. 60, 70, maybe 90 years. I had a guy in my, my church in San Angelo when I was pastoring there, Bill. He was 93 at the time. He's now 96 and still, still going strong. I, I used to ask him every Sunday morning, how are you doing today, Bill? His response was always, I'm vertical. And that's good enough for me. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter how long. In fact, I heard on the radio the other day that the person who's going to live to be 150 has already been born. I don't know if that's true, but let's say you get to live 150 years on this side. It's still only a small fraction of the time that's going to be spent on the other side. Trillions and trillions of years in eternity. God made you to love you. That's the whole purpose. That's why you are alive. God created you simply so he could love you and he could bring you into his family. And then God wants a relationship with you. He He wants you to get to know him now so you can spend eternity with him in heaven. I'm convinced that life is preparation for eternity. And this life isn't going to last, but that one is. And God has done everything possible so that you can get to know him. Even coming to earth himself, he took the initiative. He said, I love you, and I know everything about you, and I still love you. Romans chapter 5, verse 11 Says this, so now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God, all because what our Lord Jesus Christ has done for us in making us friends of God. I know we used to sing the song, I am a friend of God, but it's true because of what Jesus has done for us. Us. not only does God want you in his family he wants you to be his he wants you to be his friend the creator of the universe would even care about me or you and would want me or you as a friend is mind boggling but he does he wants to be our friends so we got to we we have to have a relationship with him a few a few years ago no Many years ago, I found Alana. We dated. I got to know her. We fell in love. But that wasn't enough to have a relationship, right? In fact, one day I stood up in front of a bunch of people and said two words that changed my life. I do. How many of you said those two words in front of a group of people? The rest of my life, I'm working out the implication of the meaning of those words. I had no clue what I was doing then. Now I have a little clearer understanding of what I'm doing. But, I, you know, in fact, she has to remind me, you did. I did? Yes. You promised. So my question this morning is, have you ever said, I do to Jesus? Have you ever accepted his offer of a relationship with him? I'm going to tell you my story. It, it's frankly a little bit embarrassing for me to admit this to you, but it's my story, so I'm going to, I'm going to just share it with you. When my, my wife and I dated in high school. We're high school sweethearts, so we've been married about 10 years. actually thirty eight years thirty nine years <laughs> oh my goodness, I'm gonna stick with ten years. We've been married about ten years we we were we were high school sweethearts, and honestly, she was born saved I mean, she had just always served Jesus her family was the kind of family that went to church every time the doors were open. You know what kind of a family I'm talking about? They were there always. So if I saw her on Sunday, I went to church. I went for the girl. That's why I was in church. Some of you are still there. I went for the girl. Here's the part I want you to get. For two and a half years, I went to church with her and never started a relationship with Jesus. I know what it's like to come into a church and sit week after week after week, hearing the message, hearing altar calls, and thinking everything's okay. I know what it's like to sit there time and time and time again and never responding to an altar call. If that's you this morning, I want to talk to you for a second. Jesus has a way of bringing such conviction on our life that we've got to make it right. I remember we'd we'd been married about six months, and I came in and um, she was getting ready to go to church. It was Sunday night, and uh, I said, "Are you going?" She said, "Yes." I said, "If you'll give me a few minutes." I'll get ready and go with you. She said okay. We'd been married 6 months and our and really my life was headed in such a downhill fashion. I can I, I just I can't explain it to you. It was just it was just I was going to hell. So I go to church that night and the pastor gives an altar call. I knew it was for me and i thought well i know i know i should respond but i'll i'll wait till i get home and i'll talk to delana about it and then the thought hit me what if you don't make it home i got up grabbed my friend by the hand dragged him down to the altar with me and met jesus that night and can I, can i tell you something something changed in me It it was a marked difference in my life. When I said I do to Jesus, when I promised to commit my life to him and know that he was committed to me as well, something happened in my life, and I was forever changed because of the love of God. Jesus is talking to you this morning, and he said, Yes, I want to know you. Yes, I want to be your friend. Yes, I want to be a part of your family. Yes, I need to help you. Jesus is speaking to you this morning. Christmas is supposed to be a happy time. In fact, we say Merry Christmas. But honestly, the truth is, it's a difficult time for a lot of people. For many people, the Christmas season is a painful season. It brings up all kinds of unresolved relationships, unrealistic expectations. Sometimes it brings up unfulfilled dreams. Sometimes it reminds us of painful loneliness or even hurtful or discouraging or heartbreaking memories. Some of you, this Christmas is the first Christmas that you have a loved one who's spending their first Christmas in heaven, and you miss them, and it's painful. The Bible says this, God is close to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. If you're feeling down, crushed in spirit, if you feel that your heart is breaking, it is during those times when the tears are coming down your face that God is closest to you. And he's saying, I love you, and I have a plan and i have a purpose for your life there's some caverns called the lewis and clark caverns they're they're not as famous as carlsbad caverns although they're much larger they're north of yellowstone and they tell the story of one of the original explorers who was walking along the top of a mountain and he fell through a hole into this cavern, and he was stuck in total darkness or almost total darkness for over a week. He cried out daily, help me, help me, So hoping that somebody would hear his voice and figure out that he was down there. Sure enough, a guy came along one time and heard his faint sound and looked around, found the hole, dug him out, and that's how they found this giant cavern. They ask him the question, how did you hold on to hope day after day in the the dark, the total dark? And he said this. He said, there was one little pinhole ray of light that was coming through, and I just kept focused on that ray of light. Jesus is that ray of light for us today. Don't miss the purpose of Christmas. Don't miss the reason for the season. Yes, it's about Jesus, but more importantly, it's about you today. Can I pray for you this morning? Father, I come in the name of Jesus today. Lord, I am so thankful for the gift of your Son that you have given to us that you have shared with us. Lord Jesus, I thank you for coming and living a holy life. Laying down your life as a sacrifice for my sin. Holy Spirit, thank you for revealing the love of God to me. And I pray right now that as you move amongst us this morning that you would reveal the love of God to every man, every woman in this building today.